Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Church Podcast. We're happy that you would join us for today's teaching. As a church, we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus, no matter who they are or where they are from. If you have any questions about Jesus, the church, or the teaching you're hearing today, please don't hesitate to contact us online at ericksoncovenant.ca. And now, let's listen to this week's teaching. The stories we tell make sense of our lives. As a family, we recently enjoyed the new movie called Knives Out. It's with Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, and other actors. Um, a great story, a, a kind of a classic whodunit set in a contemporary time. And it, it, it was great. It was the kind of movie where it seems like every member of the family is guilty. That some facts seem to implicate everyone. Somebody's been killed, and it isn't until the master detective is able to assemble all these different facts into one unified story that takes account of all these different facts that we're able to reveal who the true killer really is. It's a great story. And that's kind of the allure of murder mysteries, isn't it? Until the right story is told, nothing can make sense of all the facts. Well, this isn't just true of murder mysteries. It's actually true of our own lives. Our personal stories, where we've come from, what has influenced us, uh, who we've known or who knows us, um, experiences both good and bad, divorces, bankruptcies, grandchildren, graduations. All these different things have affected us. They're part of our story. And when we know that, It helps us make sense of our lives, our stories of immigration, or maybe the immigration of our great-grandparents, the stories of our own ethnicity, our own language, our backgrounds as inheritors of certain traditions or ways of seeing the world. All of these stories shape the way that we act, uh, the way we live, the way that we raise our kids, the way that we view money, the way that we see the world, even The dreams we pursue, frankly, they even affect the way that we approach death. This is one of the reasons why it's such a tragedy when people have been robbed of their own stories. We think of those who were kidnapped out of Africa for the slave trade in the 18th century. We think of indigenous youth who were snatched out of their homes and put in residential schools. We can think of others who have been robbed of their personal stories. They, as a result, don't know where they've come from and they aren't sure what to do. They aren't sure how to act because they've lost their story. Understanding personal stories, understanding your personal history is a key way that we make sense of our own lives, which is why understanding our backgrounds, understanding each other's backgrounds, understanding our ethnicities or our family of origins or our influences or our ways that we've inherited of seeing things and understanding things is actually critical to our maturity as people, critical to how we grow up and understand the world around us. Well, this is true of us in our personal families, but it's really also true of us in our spiritual families as well. If you're a Jesus follower, you've been adopted into a family story. We have a bunch of backstory that we didn't even know about that is now part of our story. 
And it shapes the way that we live. It shapes the way we see the world. It shapes the way we act. If you're just exploring the Christian faith, and I hope that there's some of you who are watching that are, are leaning in and exploring that, well, it's important for you to know this. The story that we discover in the Bible, as confusing as it is sometimes, this collection of letters and stories and law and poetry and prophecy, all the things that are going on here, in this we discover a background story to the Christian faith. And understanding that story can help you make sense of what Christianity's all about. And so, to follow Jesus, it means that we're getting caught up on a whole big story. A story of how God made the world and also how he's making it now. What he's doing with it. Where he's taking us. So that we can fully understand our own lives. As we get to know this story, it helps us correct misinterpretations. uh, Ways that we've thought things were true but aren't. It overturns our assumptions, perhaps, or critiques false ideas that we've had. It can even help us understand more fully ways that we've gone off the tracks or or ways that we've misunderstood things. It helps us embrace the full truth of who we are, of who God intends us to be. What we discover as we dive into this whole big story is that our own personal stories fit into it as well. Yeah, it pushes us and maybe there's things in our own personal story that we realize, oh, I I misunderstood something because of that. But our own personal stories, they fit into this big story of God. Now, why am I starting with all this about story? Well, today we're going to launch a brand new message series. I've decided to place our series on Acts. We've been going through this story of the early church. Great story, of course. I love it. And we've been having, uh, we had some really good momentum as a church on that, but I've decided to place it to the side just for now. Uh, I hope we come back to it. But to start a new series that I think can more fit where we're at right now, where we're going to explore the whole story of Scripture. I've called this series Renewed. Becoming active participants in the greatest story of all. The book that we're studying, the Bible, tells one unified story. And as I've been saying, this story helps us interpret, helps us to assemble all the facts and to understand our own lives. And knowing this story is critical to living as God's people. Last week, uh, we launched an online Bible study, a Zoom study, and about 26, 27 people, I think there might be upwards around 30 people who are going to be part of this study. And it's called Zoom Through from Genesis to Revelation. And we're taking this hop, skip, and jump through the whole story of the Bible to understand the whole arc of the scriptural narrative better. And so I decided to coincide with that study, we're going to offer a teaching series that follows along. It won't be a repeat of the study at all. Uh, We'll be diving in a lot deeper in the study and exploring different things, but it will complement it. Our teaching on Sunday mornings will supplement that study as well. I I thought not only would it be a way of tying it together, but for those of us who weren't able to participate in that study, it's a way of helping all of us be on the same page together, even as we aren't gathering physically. And so I invite you into this journey of discovery where we'll be tracing this whole story, this unified arc from creation to the big crash where humans rebelled and everything kind of goes downhill 
to then watching God initiate his rescue plan, calling first a family who then becomes a nation. And then through that nation, Jesus himself comes, who lives, who dies, who rises again from the dead and now sits enthroned as the king over all, but sends his Holy Spirit to live and, and now is working toward the renewal of all things. That big story. That story is our story. And the more we understand it, the more we're shaped by it. The more this story comes into view for us, the more we understand the story of the world, the true story overall. In fact, it's only as we know this story, and not just know it like I have a few Bible stories in mind, but know it in a way that it becomes our story. It's only then that we're able to really live as Christians, as Jesus followers. It's only then we're able to properly understand the world around us. You see, every big story, you can sometimes hear it referred to as a worldview or even as a meta-narrative, a big story. Every one of those stories give us answers to the basic questions of life. Whether you're looking at a, a, a philosophy like Buddhism or a religion like Islam or thoughts uh, maybe from someone who adopts a more new age philosophy, or maybe someone who believes in atheistic materialism. Every one of those worldviews, every one of those big stories, answer the basic questions of life. Every one of them answer at least five basic questions. I talked a little bit about this on the Zoom study, but I wanted to share it with you because it helps us as we go through this story to to see how our Christian story answers these questions, but helps us also evaluate when we're discussing with others. And we come to understand, oh, I see. That's how they are understanding these basic questions of life. What are those five questions? Well, every worldview story answers One of these, all of these, five questions. The first one they answer is the question, who are we? In other words, questions about identity, questions about purpose, questions about what it means to be human. Those are questions that it's pretty easy to see once you dive into the story of Scripture. Right on chapter one of the very first book, Genesis, we discover that humans are created in the image of God that they're special within creation, and that being special isn't something that gives them the right to exploit or abuse, but rather these humans are meant to reflect God's goodness to the world. Well, that's a pretty profound understanding of what it means to be human, which can be contrasted with other views of what it means to be a human. Maybe a view that says humans are just an illusion or just a higher form of animal or, well, We're not sure, but we don't think that they matter the same way as other humans do. There's different philosophies out there that answer the question to identity. In the Christian story, we discover that really clearly from day one. The second question that every worldview answers is the question, where are we? Or questions about reality. Questions about what is really real? Uh, What is this world that we live in? Is it real or is it an illusion? Um, the world we live in, is it, is it being ruled by a God who cares or by a God who left the scene? Or maybe no God at all? The question, where are we or what's really real, 
is something that every worldview, every big story has an answer for. Sometimes that answer is not obvious, but you have to dig for it, but it's there. The third question that every worldview, every big story, the Christian story, uh, just as much as anyone else, answers is the question, what's wrong? We look around us. We hear the tragedies. Um, we, we reflect on what's happening around us in the world, and, and something within us needs to explain what's wrong with the world. What's wrong with us? And so when you look at different religions, different philosophies, different ways of seeing the world, they will all answer the question, what's wrong in a certain way? They'll blame certain things. They'll say it's, it's, it's the need for better education or, 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 or it's because of a lack or whatever. There'll be some explanation given for what's wrong with the world. The Christian story tells a story of human rebellion, but also of spiritual rebellion, that there's something wrong with the world and something wrong with us. So the question of diagnosis, every worldview answers. So who are we? Where are we? What's wrong? The fourth question follows, and that is, of course, what's the solution? Like, what do we do about it? Now, that's going to be tied really closely to what you think is wrong, of course. But what's the solution can come out in a lot of different ways. And in fact, in conversations that you have with people, maybe over the phone or over Facebook or with, uh, at a family meal, um, it, it's interesting to talk about the question, like, what do you think the answer is? What should be done? The answers that are given to that are very revealing about our own worldviews, are very revealing about what we think about the world. And so it can be great uh, conversation starters as well as understanding for you. What, what's the solution? What's the remedy? Is something that, of course, is right at the very center of the Christian story. The very center is the cross of Christ, which we'll be come to, coming to in communion. That the solution is something that we couldn't come up with ourselves, but, but God has given to us in his son. Those four questions are really, really basic. Every worldview wrestles with them. But there's a fifth question that's also very significant, central as we explore the Christian story, and that is this. What's our part in this? What role do we play? What responsibility do we have? What's our participation in it? Which is why I titled this series, Becoming Active Participants. Because what the Bible teaches is that God has called us into his story, not as passive observers, but active participants. And so we discover through this story how God has initiated a plan and through Christ has accomplished something, but has now sent his spirit and called us to be witnesses to what he has done. Well, these five big questions form a great set of explanations that the different worldviews, different philosophies, different religions bring to life. These five questions are something that you can ask yourself as you explore, what do I really believe? Maybe you're a person of faith. Maybe you're exploring faith. Uh, maybe you would think, uh, you, would, you would say, I am a Christian, and yet you recognize that there's answers you're giving to certain questions that maybe as you explore the story more, don't quite line up with what you're discovering in the story of Scripture. All of that can lead us to places of growth, to deeper conversations with friends, with family, with each other, understanding our story and the world around us. The philosopher Alistair McIntyre said this. He said, I can only understand the question, what am I to do? If I can answer the prior question 
of what story or stories am I a part? In other words, I can't really know how I'm to act unless I know what story I'm part of. It reminds me, recently I've been getting into some theater, although that's on hold right now. But, of course, we know intuitively that to be in theater and to act properly and to say the right lines, you have to actually know what story you're part of. You have to know what direction this is going. You have to know what lines you're supposed to be saying. Well, in a similar way, we can't know what we're to do in life if we don't know what story we're part of. Well, this story, my friends, this, one's that, this one that we've been adopted into or we're exploring, this is the story that we find ourselves a part. It's this story that helps us know how we are to live. Do you remember the scripture that Kristen read at the beginning of our time together from Colossians 1? Uh, it was Paul's prayer. He prayed that God would fill them with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives. And that the result of that would enable them to live a life worthy and pleasing to God. What we come to understand is that in order for the Holy Spirit to grow us in wisdom and understanding, he first has to help us understand the story that he's brought us into. This is the way that we can live this life worthy of God, worthy of this calling, worthy of him and pleasing to him, is to know that we're now part of his story and his story helps make sense of our lives. This whole arc from creation to consummation, it moves us in one direction. And that's where God is pulling us toward a reconciled, renewed, restored creation where the new heavens and the new earth are come together and Jesus is forever Lord and evil is forever vanquished in a word moving toward renewal. The reason why I call this series Renewed is, is kind of three reasons. First of all, as I just said, it represents the direction of the whole story. One of the unique things about Christian understanding of the world, this is in contrast to other views, is we believe in linear history. We believe that history is actually moving and not cycling. History is moving in a definitive direction. As Christians, we believe that God is moving all of history toward renewal, toward a renewed heavens and a renewed earth. That's why I called it renewed. The second reason is that our part within it is to live as renewed people. We will discover, and we've discovered lots, that, that the Holy Spirit has brought new creation into old creation, that by coming to live in us, God has planted a bit of his future in our present. And he calls us to live in the now, though it's still broken and struggles. We're called to live in the now as new creation beings, as renewed people, loving and living the way that God intended us to. And so we live renewed. The third reason is based on Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it, it really underscores the way that we need to have our minds renewed. You might be familiar with this verse, or this might be brand new, but Paul says to them, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Let me, let me just rephrase that for our purposes this morning. Do not conform to the story of this world or the stories that we hear. In other words, don't allow the stories that were told by media or by a particular um, uh, group of influencers or, or, or maybe even our own backgrounds to be the only story that dominates our hearts and minds. Uh, it, it might not be true. Don't allow that. Instead, he says, we are to be transformed by the renewing 
of our minds. That it's only when we've been renewed and transformed in our minds that we're able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What I hear in that is the need for us as Jesus followers or as people exploring faith is to let God's story shape our minds, to let it renew us. There's times when his story will really critique our understanding of the world. There's other times it might agree with it. But to be renewed in our minds is the goal of this series, Traveling Through the Big Story. We start this series with the end in mind. God has made it clear. In the last snapshot he gave, right at the end of the story, that he will renew all of creation. That that's the goal, the destiny of history. And knowing this enables us to become active participants in this life, working toward renewal, toward new creation, following Jesus as active participants in his story. Before we go to communion, let me close with two applications for us. One is personal. What is your story? What is the story that you believe? The story that you tell yourself? Have you ever asked yourself how your own upbringing or background, how different critical events maybe in your own life, maybe in the life of your parents or grandparents, have shaped you, have given you answers to life? I invite you to explore those questions personally, even as we go through this series, to discover those shaping stories that have made sense of your life. And the second one is, what about our story? What about the big story that we're part of? I invite you to consider how your understanding of the biblical story will help you know how you are to live today. To acknowledge that there may be places where your own story hmm, conflicts even, or challenges, or raises questions for you around how you understand the world. And so I invite you to consider your personal story and your scriptural story as we dive in together to this whole story of scripture of how God is moving all of creation toward his intended goal. Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey, whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.